Dogcast Radio. If you like dogs, wherever you are in the world, we're the show for you. Hello and welcome to episode 128 of Dogcast Radio. This episode won't follow the usual pattern, but instead will be an in-depth interview with dog expert and animal behaviourist Debbie Connolly about the disqualifications that have occurred at Crufts 2012. When a dog wins his or her class at Crufts, he goes on to compete against all the class winners for best of breed. The winner of best of breed is the best representative of his breed at the show. The best of breed winners go on to compete in best of show. This year, for the first time, the best of breed winners of 15 high profile breeds have had to face vet checks. These breeds are the Basset Hound, Bloodhound, Bulldog, Chow Chow, Columbus Spaniel, Dog de Bordeaux, German Shepherd Dog, Mastiff, Neapolitan Mastiff, Pekingese, Sharpe, St. Bernard, French Bulldog, Pug, and Chinese Crested. Six of those dogs failed the vet check and were disqualified as best of breed, and they were the Neapolitan Mastiff, Mastiff, Columbus Spaniel, Bulldog, Pekingese, and Basset Hound. This has led to much comment with both objections to and praise for the vet checks. So I asked Debbie to share her opinion on the issue. There's been quite a bit of controversy with these vet checks going on. And, you know, I've seen comments both ways on on the internet about, you know, in favour and against. What's going on, Debbie? Because for a layperson, it's very hard to understand what's going on. It is. I mean, I think this is the crux we'll all remember, because... For the first time, we have 15 high-profile breeds having to pass a vet check to be awarded best of breed. Now, whether you understand the process of what award means what, best of breed means that dog is the best of its breed in the show at that, on that day. Yeah. Now, this is a high accolade because each of these best of breeds then go to compete against the other best of breeds in their group. So you'd see all the collies and shepherds and the rotties and all the working dogs together, and the best one of each of those breeds in that group would compete. So this is a huge departure mm. because it actually, I think, has come as a surprise to the general public that yeah. these dogs don't have to pass vet checks. So I think it's, I think it's been a, a huge learning curve for everybody. Now, the principle behind it is these 15 breeds were breeds that um, historically have been criticised um, outside of the Kennel Club uh, because they've got droopy eyes, they've got bad legs, they've got hip problems, they've got breathing problems, poor conformation, they've got walk. So we're talking about breeds like various Mastiffs, the German Shepherd Dog, um, and lots of dogs that we recognise as having quite sort of droopy type of eyes, like mm. the Crumber Spaniel, uh, the Bulldogs who can have soft palate problems, the Pekingese who can't breathe terribly well. So we're talking about fairly obvious um, flaws that really most of us in the dog world, and of course I come at this as both a pet owner and lover mm. and somebody involved in training and behaviour. So I'm interested in, in how health affects behaviour, but in this case it seems utterly bizarre that for so many years the breeds have moved away from what they used to be and into seriously unhealthy dogs. Mm. And, and it, it seems to have been frustrating to the world at large in terms of what dogs are all about that the Kennel Club has not put this right previously, and I think they need to. Mm. Yeah. So they've brought the vet checks in in the hope that this is going to encourage healthier breeding, healthier dogs in the show ring. Do you think it's working? Interesting point, isn't it? (laughs) Where are we going with this? Well, um, 
I have to say that I've, we're now on the last day of the show, of course. We're having this conversation on Sunday morning. Yeah. And I have to say that I've spent the week talking to uh, friends of mine, close friends who are breeders. Um, I have to say they're all assured breeders. Um, the word on the street, the people in the street, lots of people I know on stands. I mean, I, I've kind of canvassed opinion right mm. across this show, from, from the people walking in the door paying the money to people with stands and people within the kennel club itself. Now... The general consensus of opinion, in all honesty, seems to be the Kennel Club have got the vet to do their dirty work this year. Mm. And that the vet has been shoved out there with a gun to shoot everything that isn't um, suitable for this show. Mm. And that he he has been given the, the kind of bad guy role, while the Kennel Club sits back and pats itself on the back and says, do you know what, look, we're marvellous, look at what we've done. Mm. Now, I think the frustration, both from the breeders to the people walking in the door, is why hasn't the kennel club done this already? Why do we need a vet check? Why do we need the vet to come in and say, that dog who's not breathing very well or whose eyes are droopy or who has eyelid problems, why do we need a vet to tell us that? Because the truth is, breed standards breed standards are the descriptions yeah, of what a breed exactly, should look like. Yeah. So Surely it's, it's the breed standard that yes. needs... But they have been, this is the point, you see. The bulldog standard has changed considerably in the last four mm. years, um, partly due to public pressure. Um, but I know a couple of bulldog breeders personally very well, and I've seen the changes in the last 10-12 tw- years of their dogs. Mm. They're breeding with longer heads, longer palates, um, no corkscrews, tails, less uh, exaggerated jowly faces. I've seen these healthy ones coming through, but I know for a fact from two breeder friends of mine that they're not getting place. Mm. So despite the fact that yeah. the breed standard has said the dog should look more like this, mm. those that are, do- that are doing it are not getting the yeah. sure success. So... Are we thinking now it's going to take some time because we're getting resistance from people who are sort of old school, who've been in the dog showing world for a while, are familiar with the old, the older breed standard, and they're still judging to that standard? Is that what's going on? I think it's a much bigger issue than that. And I think, in all honesty, we come back into full circle to what are the kennel club doing. Now, it's important the public understand a breed standard describes what a dog should look like, mm. what colour it can be, what its ear carriage, what its tail should look like. But however well you describe something, it's like if you had to draw the, describe the perfect human being, you would struggle to yeah. describe everything. But... I feel the issue still comes full circle to the Kennel Club because breed standards have changed a lot in the last four or five years. And yes, that's partly down to pedigree dogs exposed. Of course it is. But unless those breed standards are enforced at the judging level, and that's the job of the Kennel Club, unless they're enforced at the judging level... It doesn't matter how many breeders come along breeding something that looks a bit healthier. If nobody's going to place it, they won't get bred on from enough. No. So, who's to blame? I'm afraid it's the kennel club. We, mm. We've we've all known in the dog world, and, I, and I, by we I mean everybody from trainers to pet owners to people on stands to business owners to breeders. We've always known that ultimately it all comes down to what's winning in the show ring. And if what's winning in the show ring doesn't fit the breed standard, why haven't the kennel club been actually punishing these judges? Because they can, but they haven't. Now, is anything going to change? Not if that persists. When we go to the next big show, what's going to get put up? There won't be vet checks there, that's just for this show. So if we go to the next show and a healthy bulldog, clumber, Neapolitan, whatever, wins its class, we'll just all carry on as normal. But if at the next show the Kennel Club says, well, actually, that's not right, Mm. and you judge, can't judge anymore, fine. Because until there's some kind of penalty on these judges, which has always been there, but the Kennel Club have never done it, until that happens, you are not going to change the world of showing and therefore 
therefore the pets behind them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, somebody was making the point yesterday on, on Facebook that, you know, these people have paid money and it's expensive business showing, you know, they've paid to come and register the dog and, and they've um, driven there, they've bought the dog in the first place and all this, you know. And there's a responsibility and there's an issue there because, I mean, in 2009 when the whole, when pedigree dogs, you know, the whole thing blew up at that point, you know, you can't, as you've just said, you can't show dogs for 12 months and then have the, the goalposts moved in the last show so that we need to have this continuity don't we we do there's been a few interesting comments yesterday which which i'm sympathetic to a point with which is the kennel club should have announced at the last crofts they were going to do it for this crofts mm. because it was only officially announced a few weeks before the show mm. now having said that um i don't breed or show and i still knew they were coming in some months ago mm. or there was a good chance but people are concentrating a bit too much on this show mm. the writing has been on the wall for these breeds for a long time this isn't really just about crufts in the same way that I don't think we can point the finger at these best of breed winners who failed and make mm. them carry the ills for the whole mm. of the breed because mm. you can't, no. so that is not fair but it's not a surprise and I, and I want to get that across mm. it's not a surprise that a vet has come along and said that these dogs with exaggerated eyes or ears or teeth or breathing are not fit, that's mm. not a shock or a surprise it mm. isn't, so the writing's been on the wall for a long time, hence the changes in breed standards over the last four or five years mm. so I'm afraid we still come back to the same point, why have the wrong, wrong dogs over the last four years still been put through and why are they still winning, because ultimately the kennel club is not enforcing the bad judging, mm. and, and if I'm going to point the finger at anybody that's where I'm pointing yeah. the finger yeah. their defences of course, if we're too hard on people, you know, they, they won't come to Crufts, I have to say my opinion would be it's the most prestigious it's currently the most prestigious dog show in the world isn't it do, do you think that's a realistic worry from the kennel club I can understand why they say that and I've heard this from them myself um, when I spoke to them about various issues and they do worry that, that you set up a kind of underground movement mm. um, and I gather the word on the street at the moment is that the Bulldog Club are considering litigation and going to get up a petition and they're going to boycott shows mm. um, I also heard yesterday, and I have to say I haven't read this for myself, but the bulldog, everybody thought the bulldog had actually failed on breathing. Hmm. Um, but I'm told yesterday by a reliable source that it was actually failed on eyes. Now, yesterday afternoon, yeah. apparently, and again, I have to be say here, this is a second-hand story, the bulldog club put out a statement saying the reason it's failed on eyes was because the judge poked it in the eye. Now, I have to confess some scepticism to this mm. because it's taken two days for them to say the judge yeah, put it in the eye. Yeah. Now, but, but you see, there was controversy with the Clumber. That, yes. that was um, the, the owner I've seen interviewed, and she was yes. saying, no, 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 look, his eyes were red or her eyes were red um, because she'd been in the ring and uh, we, it was very hot, and then we went on to the second class, you know. Mm. But there was, no, entropion was mentioned. Ectropion. Oh, ectropion. Yes. Now, is that the eyelashes going outwards? It, it's, oh, right. it's where the bottom eyelid droops down and a lot of people think of dogs like St Burns and that very with that face. sad yeah. Yeah. It, it's where the bottom particularly the bottom part of the eyelid uh, drops down away from the eye and turns outwards slightly yeah. so it's ectropian so if the it's dog, ectropian yeah, the vet, that is the going to be part of, of the, 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 the breed stand well faulty application of the breed standard or, well, or however you the, there's not, the breed standard does not say it has to have eyelids falling away from the face no, no. Um, and, and red weepy eyes yeah. so it, it's it's a little bit odd isn't it really? yeah. I mean yeah. the, I think the issue is the breed standard doesn't say that the breed standard in no breed says no, that no. Uh, there aren't so it's interpretation. breed standards about uh, loose skin and things like yeah, that but yeah. I've never seen a breed standard that says no. the, the uh, no. eye skin shouldn't fit the eyes now 
yes, there was. I've heard some of the comments about well, it was it was hot and dusty, and yeah. But it's hot and dusty for every single dog so, in yeah. here. But the rest of them, their eyelids touch their eyes and protect them. Now the Crumb is not the only breed to have that no. droopy eye thing. Hence the Neapolitan, hence some other breeds, Mastiffs. So if you're looking at that, the brace standards do not say that the eyes have to do that. We've aesthetically decided that's what they're meant to look like, we as in the big world. Um, and they've been breeding that because that's what's accepted, expected, and that's what's actually sold. So it's not the breed standards' fault. Mm. It's the interpretation of yeah. it, and, it, and it's, it's what people have come to expect. But there's no surprise on that. I mean, the, I've seen right. the copy of the Vets report for that particular dog, mm. which is the only mm. one that's been released, because there was only about an I'm told won't release the rest of them. Um, so that one, I think, was released actually by the owner, um, and that's why it's actually made the, the press. Mm. Um, to the best of my knowledge, the Kennel Club are not releasing the others, and they've said that they won't. Mm. Now, that actually said bilateral ectropion and conjunctivitis. Yes. Uh, as a non-disqualifying condition, it had external otitis, so and it what's had ear infection as oh, well, no, right, basically. Okay. Mm. Now, that wouldn't disqualify it, no. but no. you would have thought that an owner might have noticed the dog had an ear infection. Yeah. If, if that's correct, it is a vet's report, why should we doubt it? Yeah. So, it, it is, this is the most controversial version of showing ever. The, the bigger picture is, this affects all the dogs we see in the street, the park, the people who are out there breeding... And, and the Kennel Club are not to blame for the whole world of dog problems we have no, in this country. No. But Crufts is their showcase. If you talk to the man in the street who's never even owned a dog, they'll mention Crufts within a couple of sentences. Yeah. Oh, I've got a dog. Or oh, do you go to Crufts? Yeah. Crufts is, is known outside of the dog community. Um, it's used as an insult for women, I'm told. <laughs> you know, so everybody understands the word and what it means. Yeah. So the level of responsibility to the breeds and the world we live in is huge. So... I'm a little disappointed in some respects that it's come to this. I'm glad it's happened because it's it, hopefully we're all crossing our fingers this is the wake up call the breeds need but to blame a whole breed is wrong I know two bulldog breeders who were here the other day with fantastic looking bulldogs longer head straight tails clean face but they're not being placed well enough but they are they, some of them are doing it is my point but yes as long as the breeds are controlled by old fashioned people I mean that the Pekingese is, is, is even more controversial I know there's some, some points about the Pekingese that you want to get across? Yeah, I think it's important to remember that five breeds have failed so far um, and we haven't finished the last day yet. I've been here many years. If I go past where dogs like the Pekingese are, you often do see them sitting on a towel with ice packs underneath or in a cage with a fan on them permanently. Now, yes, this is a relatively warm and to some extent dry atmosphere. Mm. But what I read um, online from the Pekingese group after their dog failed and... They were asked to account for the, their breed and the fact so many of them sit on ice and so many of them have fans on them, which they seem to think is quite normal. I did read something online from a peak breeder who said it's because they've got heavy coats and we carry them a lot. Mm. Now, that's almost as good as the judge poked the dog in the eye. Yes. Um, in terms of excuses, there are very many heavy-coated breeds yeah. here who spend all day. I mean, I was looking at um, elk hounds, um, huge fluffy things, samoids, yeah. and I'm thinking of Newfoundlands as well because I mean they've got really well, exactly heavy, and they're huge heavy-coated breeds. Yeah. Now, all right, we're not carrying them, no. Um, but you looked even at things like um, the Tibetan terriers and dogs yeah. like that, smallish, heavy-coated, but they don't need ice packs and fans. Yeah. So that doesn't wash. Is an excuse with me. The yeah. idea that that Pekingese 
are being carried because they're heavy coated and that's why they need fans yeah. and ice. I mean, they're not actually being carried when they're on the bench <laughs> sitting on with fans and ice. So I've long been concerned about the fact that you've got a breed who comes into an environment like this and has to be kept, not every one of them but has to be kept on ice and a lot of them sit with fans on them all day, Mm. now that's not normal Mm. so that the stuff I've seen some of the Columbus Bangalore interview um, and again, I'm not hugely impressed with the idea that it was a dry, dusty atmosphere. If, mm. if its eyelids fitted properly, it wouldn't matter. Yeah. Even if that's even remotely true, it wouldn't matter. Um, however, there's lots and lots and lots of dogs that have to sit in this environment all day, and they're all fine. Yeah. You know, so it again, doesn't wash because yeah. if the eyelids actually fitted correctly, we wouldn't even be having this conversation. No. You know, so. If the best excuses we've got so far are um, the judge bought the dog in the eye and I carry my dog, that's why it has to sit on ice, then I think it kind of illustrates what the problem is, yeah. that there's a huge reluctance to move away from the old-fashioned versions. And lots of us in, in the training side bang on about the fact, you look at what these breeds looked like 100 years ago, and I've got yeah. a fantastic book at home that does exactly that. And, and they they're aren't. virtually unrecognised. Yeah. Virtually yeah. unrecognisable. So... Yeah. Are things going to change? I think the next show is the telling point. The next mm. big show, I think, is going to be the point. Because whatever happens at the next big show on the calendar, I think that's the mark of what's going to happen next. Mm. Because if that show is judged differently, if the judges there judge the new types and put them above the old mm. types, then we're moving forward. Yeah. Um, if that doesn't happen, and sadly a lot of us think it's not going to, mm. if that doesn't happen, we're in big trouble. Because if mm. you can't get it right and mm. you can't enforce it after this, after after so far five breeds before the end of the show not being put through to the group, then we're in big trouble in this country. Yeah. Yeah. But the Kennel Club have to sit up and take notice yeah. and they have to start enforcing this with the mm. judges. I think we're at a really dangerous point, and I've thought this since 2009, when it all you know kicked mm. off because basically one of my concerns is if you discredit the kennel club i think yeah. this is a genuine worry and i'm yeah i'm sitting in the press room yes. saying this but it, you know pedigree dogs exposed the first one did huge damage to the to the kennel club's reputation yeah. and sadly to many breeders who were good breeders got tired yeah. with the same brush and you know they had abuse held at them and they'd done nothing wrong they loved the dog yeah. more than the dream yeah. you know and and there's a lot of breeders out there that do love the dog yes absolutely. you know and live with them and fair play to them and they shouldn't be hassled mm. One of my concerns is that, you know, we're washed with puppy farms, we tell whales, we yes, from us, yes. it's a huge problem with yes. puppy farms, you know, we've got this, this I'm not going to name any because it's given them prominence, but mm. there are, are sites on the internet that you can go to that will give you paperwork for yes. your dog, Yes. you know, that yes. will fool some people, yes. you know, so one of my worries here is if we push the kennel club too far, and if there is damage to the kennel club mm. reputation, and already some, you know, you're seeing papers. These aren't KC Reg. That's not a mark of quality. You know. No. What do you think? I, I think this is a fantastic point because yes, we all know who the main culprits are for producing lovely-looking pedigrees that could have Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck as the dog's parents on, and they'd still print it. I think we're back to the issue of education. Now, I see the problem in in a couple of different sections. I think one is the man on the street thinks the kennel club and cross because they think it's the same thing. Yeah, yeah. They think this is an organisation for snobs, snobby people with snobby dogs. Mm. Um, It's not for me. I've just got a Labrador. I'm not showing it. And they can't separate the link between those things. Now, I would never personally buy a pedigree dog without a KC registration. Mm. I just wouldn't do it. I don't see the point. 
but the public don't understand what that means. You've either got a few people who think KC registration is a mark of quality and therefore health, but the Kennel Club doesn't insist on health testing, so it's not. You've got the people who think, I only need that if I'm going to show the dog. So yeah. Mrs Smith down the road with a nice little Labrador, and yes, the puppies look a slightly odd shape, but they probably are Labradors. That doesn't matter that they haven't got one. Yeah. I think we're back to the issue of education, but I think to educate the public, I think the kennel club needs to be able to move away from this perceived snobbishness superiority. Mm. Because sadly, I do think that that's one of the problems. And trying to educate the public, they, they just they don't listen. They really don't. Now, registrations are one of my pet hates because I'm sick to death of reading stuff on the internet about uh, register with this club or that. There there are two main culprits now, actually, and three smaller ones. Um, If you have a a pedigree dog, if you go and buy a pedigree puppy and it is not kennel club registered, it's registered with some other body, it is not the same thing at all. You say to the kennel club, here are the parents of my dog that are themselves registered with you, and every line going back as far as year dot is filled in for you. So you can even DNA test now to check that that's correct. Now, the other organisations can't do that. You could literally put... Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck with the parents of your dog and you get a beautiful fancy registration I've seen some hilarious pedigrees from there over the years Uh, one where it was a bull mastiff which had a boxer two generations back another one where there was a doberman that accidentally a rotty got put on there Um, so they got those mixed up there's been all sorts of horror stories about these things a lot of those dogs turn out to be crosses and you're wasting your money but Mm. I I think you know again how do we move how do we move forward Mm. No, I wouldn't like to lose the Kennel Club. No. I really wouldn't. No. But I'd like our Kennel Club to be like the Kennel Clubs in Europe are, where every dog has to have both a temperament, in most cases a temperament, but health testing. And that is not happening here. And we are the only European Kennel Club not to insist on health testing for our pedigree breeds. Now, the Kennel Club has got the Assured Breeders Scheme. And in principle, I support it. But I've had a couple of really appalling cases lately. A man sprang out of nowhere... Um, breeding German Shepherds, claiming 30 years experience. Now, I know this breed backwards. I know the people in the shoring, I know the working land, I know everything about them. And a man suddenly appeared with 15 world-class breed lines. Now, he's got 15 dogs registered with the Kennel Club. He got his breeding affix, which is the name that identifies your Mm. breeding to the world. Um, He got his breeding affix uh, about June last year, and a month later was an assured breeder. Now, he became an assured breeder by filling in information online, and he's never actually bred a litter yet, nor has he any experience of the breed, and yet he's now an assured breeder. Now, I have three close friends who breed, different breeds, who are all assured breeders. I do temperament testing on their puppies, which is not part of what's required, but I temperament test and chip the puppies for all of them when they have them, which isn't very often. But the assured breeder scheme is, is a tool, and I'd like the breeders to move towards it. But I have to relay something that I have um, (coughs) sent and commented on directly to the Kennel Club online. Um, A petition appeared. I just want to clarify what a sure breeder means. Hmm. A Kennel Club breeder is somebody who registers their puppies with the Kennel Club to, to get a certificate that says, this is who your dog is. Now, the Assured Breeder Scheme is is an offshoot of that, where if you satisfy further criteria in terms of the age you sell your puppies at, whether the parents are health-tested, etc., and the lifetime backup that you give, you're considered better. So it's like a two-tier system. The uh, Bill Lambert, who is the Kennel Club's uh, head of the Assured Breeder Scheme, was quoted first thing on Thursday morning at the beginning of the show. He was interviewed on the radio and was asked how many breeders are in it. 15%, one five. He clarified that, one five. 
So only 15% of our breeders are actually part of the assured breeder scheme. That's quite poor considering that scheme's been around years. The other issue with this is is the way that, that this whole system works. You can, and I've been told this three times yesterday, you can simply register yourself as a breeder, get yourself an affix and fill the form in online to be an assured breeder, whether you've bred anything or not, and you are suddenly an assured breeder. And no one's visited you? Or... No. They do, they do have this rather bizarre set of criteria as to when they come out. Um, and and, I, and I, I have raised this many times with the Kennel Club, and I'm constantly told, oh, well, when should we go out? Should we go out when they have a litter, when they're selling it, when they're eight weeks old? Well, personally, I think they should all be visited the day that they apply mm. and not be accepted because how can a man spring up and, and having looked at his address on Google which I'm afraid quite a few people did it's a semi on a farm there's no room for 15 shepherds mm. and, and we know for a fact at least four of them aren't even in the country so how does this happen yeah. so the, the, it's not just the public losing confidence and not understanding it's the breeders themselves mm. a oh, lot yeah, of them yeah. I, I had dinner the other that night that may be one of the reasons why the, the percentage is down to 15 well I had dinner the other night with a, with a lady who won't say what breed it is but she's not an assured breeder because mm. because of this conversation that we're having about the, the quality and the, the regimentation mm. and how it's policed she is doing more than the assured breeders mm. should do and she won't join because she doesn't think it's proof of her quality yeah. so although only 15% are in it you could probably say there's maybe another 5% who could be in it but don't mm. want to until it's policed properly now I want to just make one more comment on this which is really important and I did query this on Twitter the There was a petition appeared about, I think about six months ago, uh, by Victoria Brown. And it appeared and was tweeted heavily by the Kennel Club. And the petition was to make the uh, standards that the Assured Breeder Scheme expect mandatory for all breeders in the UK. Mm. Now, in principle, that looks great until you realise Victoria Brown is a PR officer for the Kennel Club. So the petition was actually put out by the PR person at the Kennel Club trying to make the rest of the country enforce breeding standards that they won't enforce on their own breeders. So I did point this out on Twitter because I was quite unhappy about this mm. um, and uh, got a fobbed off, basically. Oh, well, we think it's a bigger issue than just us. Fine, put your own house straight first, then start picking on everybody else. And I have to say, the petition's still out there and it's not got a huge amount of support. And I hope it doesn't, because that to me is the utter yeah. most hypocritical thing I've ever seen. And, and it's, it's an appalling thing to do. And I just want to make a comment about the RSPCA's role in this. We're sitting here at Crofts for, the, for the, I think, the third year, and there's no mm. RSPCA here. Um, after Pedigree Dogs Exposed one, the RSPCA and Pedigree Pet Foods and various people pulled out and have never been back. The RSPCA um, have infuriated me, and I've queried this on Twitter as well. The... The RSPCA seem to have been pointing the finger at the Kennel Club and the poor breeding of pedigree dogs for some years. And in principle, I agree with that. But about, uh, I think about three months ago, um, the RSPCA put out a statement about the unhealthy breed standards and how they, you know, they, they all need overhauling and all the usual stuff. There wasn't any offer of an olive branch or any offer of even how to put it right or even a suggestion. And on Twitter, I queried this with the RSPCA official and I said, I've read through this press release. Um, why don't you write some breed standards? Because mm. the, the main part of this press release was about the breed standards are wrong. So I said, why don't you write some breed standards, how you think they should look, and give them a hint as to what you want them to do. So the first reply I got on Twitter was, here's our press release, go and read it. So I went back and said, I have read it, thank you. That was about the point of mm. my comment. 
why don't you write some breed standards? Because up until this point, the, the RSPCA political spent the morning retweeting over and over again this message about this press release. Now, I don't know if I upset them ultimately, because I went on a little bit about it, but... Um, I secondly got, uh, um, oh, well, if you read it, no, no, I have read it, and then the third reply I put, the the, the third third reply from them, sorry, was, um, we think these things are best changed from inside these organisations. So I said, well, that's not the point. If you show them what you want, you can work with them. Yeah. Now, I don't honestly think the RSPCA know how to write a breed standard, but that's not the point. It was like lots of jabbing and finger-poking, but no solution. Anyway, at that point, because I was going on about it quite a bit, RSPCA political suddenly said, best thing to do is speak to RSPCA official and disappeared offline for a few hours. (laughs) So I think it was probably down to me as well. So we've got lots of finger-pointing and no solutions. And as I said, the breed standard will never be anything other than subjective. I think the real power lies with the Kennel Club and the judging. And until that is addressed and rectified we may be having exactly the same conversation next year. Do you know, Debbie, what I would do is put you in charge of the kennel club. Absolutely, I, I would. Do. I think I might start a petition. I wouldn't stop at the kennel club, you know. I, the I, world. I Prime, well, yeah, why stop at yes. UK? Prime Minister of Dogs, that would be me. <laughs> Debbie, thanks very much. A pleasure, Julie. Thank you. Debbie Connolly there, always fun to talk to, but showing her serious side there, and this is an important issue. Are the new vet checks fair? And are they a move in the right direction? We'd love to know what you think. You can email, tweet or Facebook us to have your say. Our full Crufts coverage will be out soon. And we had our busiest and best Crufts ever. So until next time, look after yourselves and your dogs. Thanks for listening to Dogcast Radio, available from www.dogcastradio.com. That's D-O-G-C-A-S-T radio.com. If you'd like to get in touch with us, and wherever you are in the world, we'd love to hear from you. You can do so in a variety of ways. You can contact us on Skype with the ident Dogcast Radio. That's all one word, Dogcast Radio. By email, you can contact me on julie at dogcastradio.com. When contacting us by email, if you have the facilities, please record your questions or comments and send them to us as an audio file. That way we can include them directly in our programme. We can accept most formats, for example, WAV, MP3. All these methods of contacting us can be found on our website, which is www.dogcastradio.com. And as ever, the final word goes to Jenny. Why is it called a litter of puppies? Because they mess up the whole house.